0: There we go. How's that? All right. So here's what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to figure this damn thing out. Um, YouTube has decided that they've going they're going to erase the um, the Hangouts, the live Hangouts, and so the only way to get more than one person on the uh, on the uh, on the screen, I guess, is to go through OBS or to go through some streaming thing. So now they've just decided that they're going to, uh, make this as difficult as possible. Uh, am yeah, exactly. Screw tube. I'm trying to figure this shit out. Um, I'm just going to use this as a test right now. I don't know how else to get anybody else in besides just me going solo right now. And the only way that I can get Pat in on this is to figure out OBS. So, um, sorry guys, I'm, I'm, I'm literally having to figure this out on the fly. I, I came in here and I figured everything like yesterday I did the, um, the show with the guys for uh rule zero and, uh, everything was just fine. I I don't understand why this is, why this is right now. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Nick and stuff. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why, uh, OBS is like, I'm, I'm doing everything that OBS says. um, I, I don't gosh, this is really weird to me because like I I've used OBS before. I just don't know why I can't live stream to the channel right now, which is weird to me. There's like there's something something a little wonky here, and I don't know how I'm gonna get um how I'm gonna get Pat in on this. I know I gotta probably gonna have to use a video capture and I'm not really sure how you do that in in OBS so I think maybe I might even try to to work with like Wirecast or something else um, in the future here Um, sorry guys I just I just don't know what to do here this is like like racking my brains here. I, and I'm, I'm not an idiot when it comes to video stuff. I know how to do this, but like I've, I've gone into, I'll just tell you what I've been doing here. I've gone into the settings for, um, for the stream and I actually have it running in OBS right now. I'm running like two streams at this, at this time. I'm running one that's in the, the live, what you're seeing right now, the live feed, I'm running this right now. Um, yeah, I would love to get his voice. I, I I the only way I can do that right now is just like put him through the phone. Um OBS kind of sucks when it comes to multi-tasking. So getting like more than one person on there without a delay is like a major a major struggle. Um This is really weird because uh, I don't know the, 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 all of this, all of the, I'm looking at the YouTube help stuff. It's, I'm, I'm going through like, my gosh, Wirecast is the one that they like say is the, the good one to go for, but I I've got OBS and I'm familiar with OBS, but again, that is sort of like the freebie version of it. The Streamlabs OBS as well. I'm, I'm considering that too. Um, okay. I've got, I got Pat calling in here real quick. Give me one second. Hey, hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm on a I'm on a test channel right now, and I'm sort of explaining this, and people are helping me. Okay, so we'll 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 work it out, man. All right, bye. All right, so I guess we're gonna cancel the show for today until I figure out how to do this. Um, I've got guys in my Twitter saying that they're running into exactly the same problem, too. So let's see. What else can I do here? Yeah, you like that? Uh, StreamYard? I'm not even sure what StreamYard actually even is, to be honest with you. Um, so what I'm going to do is kind of fly by the seat of my pants here. I, I just don't know why I can't get this... To work <laughs> um, so Pat and I will will we'll pick it up, we'll pick up the next show um, next week uh, probably do the same thing, the, the good news is this though, is that like in, in OBS you can use um, you can uh, put in live video and you don't have to like gimp it like I have been, which is like just using the mic to like go up to the to the speaker, so I'm trying to figure this thing out um, I don't really know what to do here guys I'm sorry about this all right well okay I guess what I'm going to do then is since everybody has found their way over here which is great thank you for doing that Um, this, this is actually going solo is, is all right in this but I, I got to have patent here but I think what I'm going to do right now is just try to work this out as best I can um all right. Yeah, I know. I miss Pet too. Um so here's the deal. Uh I'll tell you what. Uh just to sort of make it up to you guys, I'll do a really quick um uh, ask me anything. So if you guys have questions or whatever, just go ahead and give me a uh give me a shout out here. I'm going to uh, I'll try to answer your stuff while I'm I'm figuring this whole damn thing out. Um I can see the chat, so that's that's the good news. Um <clears throat> I am actually. Uh, if you, if somebody would be kind enough to go over to the um the the main channel, the dealing with rejection channel, the thir- no, episode thirty six, can you guys guys go and put the uh, the link over in that for me real quick? That would really help me out. Um, for this one, okay. So go ahead and throw them at me. Uh, I don't know how. I don't need. Well, actually, super chats do work on this. This is weird. Uh, roll a look into StreamYard. It works with OBS and allows you to have up to five guests. Ooh, okay. So StreamYard is it with OBS? Let me try. It. Let me go look at that really quick. Have a look at this StreamYard. I don't understand why like YouTube makes this so bloody difficult. I mean, even when we have like multiple guests on here for the Hangouts, I guess maybe that was just sort of their stopgap, you know, their bandaid that they put on on this kind of stuff. Um, which is weird because it works it worked fine for like over well over a year um, but I guess now they want you to use a, a third-party live cast kind of thing here okay I'm gonna kill that out I think the video is just fine now all right and he said it works in YouTube <laughs> thanks pizza rolls much appreciated um, Pat I'm so sorry I had no idea this was gonna go on like this um Jesus Christ, man. Let me see here. Uh, sorry, guys. I mean, I, 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 I'll do my best to help you guys out with with uh, with questions today. If you guys have anything that you want to, okay. Thanks, thanks, Mark Gordon for throwing that over there. Um, again, much appreciated. Uh, I had no idea that I was going to be doing this right now. Um, let's see. Okay. All right, Brolo says, "Are you opposed to any type of monk mode?" Kind of sounded like it yesterday on Rule Zero. Um, I'm not opposed to monk mode as long as you know that you are in monk mode and it is a temporary thing that you're doing. Um, that you're you have that there should be an end to monk mode. Um, monk mode. If anybody is wondering what that is, it's just sort of. Um, I, I want to. I don't really like to call it monk mode. It's like taking a step back from. From you know, getting with girls, going out, um, just sort of reassessing yourself. I think a lot of a lot of people kind of naturally do this, anyways. But um, it's it's stepping back from from what you've been doing and then reassessing things. I I don't know about, about you guys. I reassess my life all the time. It's like when I look at what's going on, or I, you know, look at like where I'm going, what it is that I want to do. I think usually we do this like when we have like significant events in our lives. And it just sort of forces us. I mean, if, obviously, we do this when we have a crisis or something like that. But I mean, just like, just, and sometimes we have to do it when we're not in crisis mode. Um, but uh, just sort of stepping back. Um, I think monk mode is a good idea. But as long as it's not a permanent thing, as long as it's not something that's going to, you know, it, it, make sure that monk mode isn't paralysis mode, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, nothing wrong with monk mode Uh, it's just that there needs to be a foreseeable end to it so that you do get yourself back into the game and you do get back into socializing and you do get back into the process of learning and growing Um, again just make sure that monk mode isn't paralysis mode Um, yeah exactly treat monk mode like it is intermittent fasting yes definitely Um, let's see. God damn it, man. Why, why on earth would they not allow you to just send out a link and just do like right now I'm, 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 I'm live casting here. It's great. I actually like this new interface. It looks pretty good, but there's no way to send out a link. There's no way to get another person in on this live cast. I just don't understand the logic in all of that. Any books on game? I know it's mostly learned in the field, but are there any suggestions for books on game? Um, Troy Francis. Uh, I'm gonna give a, a shout out to Troy. Troy's got a book out. Uh, I think it's like approach her, like a chat or an alpha or something like that. Um, Troy's actually a pretty decent, uh, a good resource I think for if you all you wanna learn is pickup artistry and all you wanna learn is game. Um, I think uh, if you go and you look at, uh, I'm, I, I'll even give a, a plug to Roosh. I think Roosh's uh, game, uh, you know, book on game and a lot of his old stuff is you can learn a good, a good chunk of, of uh practical advice i think in um, that i'll tell you my favorite book by roosh and i'm and just so that people don't think i'm like all down on roosh or anything is um i like 30 banks that's a that's i think that was probably one of his better books because he that's all he talks about is like the the pickup and how it went and what he did in like the 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 process involved in 30 banks i thought that was pretty good um and then his his last book game is, is okay. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's a knowledge base. Let's just put it that way. I, I'll, I'll, throw him a bone. I think, um, Goldman's stuff is good, but it's, it's more for Goldman's interesting because Goldman has, uh, a lot of advice for what could be considered day game. Um, but you know, he's got a prop and his prop is the camera and women love to have their pictures taken. And that's a conversation starter. So that gets you into, uh, opening and kind of like it's interesting because i don't want to call it a crutch because it's not really a crutch but like it's a it's a prop and old school puas used to use props quite a bit um it was a conversation piece something you had and and a camera is a really good one because women like to have their pictures taken um, and then that makes you an artist and then you start talking about artsy stuff and then you talk about like people and you kind of get into it like I, I think it's interesting is like when you look at what goldman is doing uh he is giving women the chance to talk about things that they don't necessarily get to talk about all the time. Like he he starts with like this deep stuff. Like he goes into, you know, what do you think about, you know, the condition of men and women today, you know? And and it's it's believable because he's got a camera in his hand and it seems like he's doing a project. In fact, that was his early camera game was to convince women that he was doing some sort of like uh project for, I think for college or for school or something like that. So that was always a, um, a good conversation starter. You know, another thing uh, you want to talk about approach and stuff like that. I, I have found this and I I found this by accident, um, is when, when I am doing a commercial shoot or when I am in a position where I am directing, um, directing people. Like if, if like I've done commercial shoots uh for both uh audio and video and when I am doing those um women tend to like to be directed. They, they if, especially if like you're if you're in if people consider you an authority, if you get into a position where um you're 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 telling women what to do. If you're uh saying okay I need you over here on this side of the stage. I need you over here, honey, you got to come in when he says this. And you start talking about this stuff in, in a, from a position of authority, and you start directing. You're basically directing traffic, and you're the guy that people are coming to to take direction. That's that's ca- this is called command presence. Um, police know they. This is a uh, this is a sociological term. Police know this uh, if 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 they're well trained. Police they know um, the value of what's called command presence, meaning that they are there to to be an authority. A, in a, in a crisis situation, or maybe even in like, um, like a, a disaster situation or something like that, where you're directing, basically directing people to do what they need to do so that you can achieve some sort of end goal. Women like that. And that's really kind of what, uh, what, uh, Excuse me. That's what uh, Goldman does. Is once he's got the picture, he's telling them what to do. He, he hands them a pad of paper and says, "Write something on here." And usually, it's like something about themselves or whatever his topic is for that day. And so, in a sense, he's directing them and he's showing them. Thanks, uh, thanks, Sam Whiskey, much appreciated. Mike Lift, thank you. Uh, my, support from Miami, thanks, man. Um, Miami. You can talk about South Beach. I've done, I've done, ma- I've done uh, martini fests in Deerfield Beach and in um, Maya and in South Beach. And yeah, I talk about directing traffic. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what I was gonna say is that um, so there's an element of being a director and being an instant, like having this instant. I don't want to say social proof, but sort of like pre-selection because everybody's deferring to you. And sometimes that just comes along with a job, and so you're sort of directing traffic, I guess. Um, Women like that. They like to have that. And I don't, I think a lot of guys, particularly blue pill guys don't understand that there is a certain power that comes in that direction that will, that will engender attraction or if you're the right guy arousal with you too. So if you're the one that is like controlling, the, if you're the director of the movie, then women like that. They like to have, they like to be told what to do um, from a guy who is competent and everybody uh, acknowledges as being competent. So, um, those are some things that's something to think of, but you got to be careful cause that'll get you into trouble sometimes too, because if suddenly you like, if, if it's your job to be directing traffic or to be directing, you know, people around, um, <clears throat> that's going to, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to start a, uh, well, first of all, it's command presence, but it's also going to start, um, uh, an understanding of a hierarchy between you and whoever it is that's working with you. Um, particularly if that's, if it's women that you, um, that you are gaming. That's, that's a, a technique to remember. Another thing is this, is if you're opening a girl on the street, sometimes, and i I fell into this by accident, but like sometimes I can remember like when I'm a, like, when I first was going to the new gym that I'm at right here, people will come up to you and they think like they know you or like they, they have you ever had that where like people do that mistaken identity and they go, Hey, what's up? And you're like, Hi, I don't know who the hell you are. Why are you? Well, yeah, hey, and you. There's that social, like that awkwardness that if you don't wave back or if you don't acknowledge them, and then they come up to you and you talk to them and they're like, "Oh shit, sorry, I, I thought you were somebody else. I thought you know, I thought you were Joe, and and you're not." Hi, and then you introduce yourself, kind of thing. That's a that is an old school um, pickup artist technique. Uh, introducing yourself as if you were their friend or as if you knew somebody or you made a mistaken identity. <coughs> Excuse me. God damn, I didn't get my coffee today either. Um, let's see. Uh, Sam Whiskey says, hello, Rolo. Daniel Craig is on YouTube in a dress to support women. Of course he is. Why is destroying the franchise that made him, uh, why is he destroying franchise that made uh, him and the show, oh, great show, thanks. Um, <clears throat> okay, so here's the thing about Daniel Craig and it, really I shouldn't just pick on him. He's the most uh, visible target for this. If you look at them, um at, at Marvel studios handing over the uh, um, symbolically handing over Thor's hammer to um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jane and oh, God damn it. She was princess Padme. I can't remember the the actress's name off that. Somebody will throw this in the chat. What the hell is her name? I I always draw a blank on her for some weird. Yeah. Natalie Portman. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> why, why are they doing that? Why? I, I was looking at the, um, the upcoming uh the upcoming movies for marvel and i was just like there's nothing that i want to watch there's absolutely maybe the eternals but the eternals is like way far in the future and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of geek cred i i i know who the eternals are i'm glad that i'm glad that they're actually doing that they butchered the inhumans through um uh, uh agents of shield and then they did a, a a tv abc did a tv series that was just the most horrible thing i think they've ever done with respect to the marvel franchise with the inhumans um they had a, such a potential to do something really really great with that and they just they i mean i cannot believe that marvel actually put their brand name on that um it was that bad I saw, you know how they like give you the, the forecast of all the movies that are coming out. I saw that and I was like, there's nothing I want to see. It's like, here, here's the female Thor here's and everything there was just like, they were just phoning it in. I mean, everything after the Avengers, maybe Dr. Strange will be cool. I and mean, people are saying, yeah, maybe blade will be cool. I never, I could never really get into blade. I, I saw the first one with Wesley Snipes. I thought it was okay. Um, I just, I don't know, maybe vampires aren't my thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think what the reason that um, that Daniel Craig is doing this is because he is bowing down to the feminine imperative that is in Hollywood right now and it's taking over Hollywood. Now, here's the thing look at what's going on in marvel look at look at what's happened with daniel craig putting on a, basically abasing himself look that word up abasement that's what he's doing he's abasing himself to the feminine imperative that is already you know strong and you know well well established in the in the hollywood scene right now right but here's why because in 2020 we're moving into an election cycle right now and we're going to see this battle this is going to be the gestalt feminine versus the gestalt masculine again, and I think that you're going to see. Problem in all likelihood, I believe that that Trump will win. Okay, but it's not Trump that's going to win. It is the gestalt masculine that is going to take it away again from the gestalt feminine. If you guys saw my state of the or state of the manosphere address last year, uh, I talked about this quite a bit um, when it was Hillary versus Trump in 2016. That was him versus her. It was not Trump versus Hillary. Yeah, they were their own brands, but look at who they were. They were the most extreme examples of a of of, of uh, over the top feminist. I mean, that, it's Hillary Clinton. Okay, Hillary Clinton is the living embodiment of the feminine imperative. So who would be? Who is the only guy on planet Earth that could be considered the living embodiment of the masculine imperative? Well, Donald Trump, he's the only one that could have taken it away from her. And it wasn't those two personalities. It was the gestalt feminine, because remember, it was her turn. I'm with her. Everyone in planet Earth thought that she was going to be the one that was going to be the winner in all this. And so you had this battle had this battle of it was a gender war it was a gender cold war we just didn't recognize it as such back then we're recognizing it more right now so what have we seen since the beginning of this year well in in January we saw um, we saw the APA decided that they were going to uh, lay out some holy decree and say that uh, traditional masculinity is now a personality disorder and then we had some uh, Gillette commercial that led to other commercials there's there's several more when we had captain marvel um which was just sort of a useless uh, you know a useless nod to fem- intersectional feminism in fact that's what brie larson said she said that t- 2019 is the year for intersectional feminism why why 2019 why not 2016 why not 2024 because we are going into an election cycle where you're going to see the gestalt feminine versus the gestalt masculine again. And until we get a female president into the office, which we will at some point, it probably won't be until 2024, um, because I don't know who's going to take over after all of this, but um, once that happens, then you are going to see a lot of, I mean, we're going to see a lot of social changes as it is. I mean, is. We're seeing a lot of, of gender politics is going to be, the the litmus test for everything until we have a few until we have until we have a majority of women in the Senate until we have a majority of women in the uh, the House and I'm speaking from American politics here because we're already we're already seeing that what we're already seeing the results of what happens when we have the Gestalt feminine in control of a particular government when we're looking at like, if you look at Sweden right now if you look at the UK if you look at Germany if you look at real I mean technically uh, you know, Sweden's probably the easiest one because they have a they have a self-expressed feminist government in Sweden. They say that. this is a feminist government. So look at what's happening there um, So you' what you're seeing right now in Hollywood is a reaction to this. That's why Daniel Craig is in a dress. That's why you see Natalie Portman uh, grabbing the the hammer, right because it's this symbolic passing of the or, or surrender I guess, of the gestalt masculine to the gestalt feminine. Now, is that going to happen this year? I don't think so. I don't think when we get, because we're technically in the election cycle right now and we're already in a gender cold war. And people give me all this kind of grief saying, well, why is he saying that gender war? You're in it. You're in it whether you realize it that or or you don't. Now, it's not a war where we're like, you know, come oh. on, it's a war. No, it's not like that. It's a war of ideas. It's a, what do they call it? Um, That's a social media war. It's something like, it's it's a war of ideas. It's a culture. It's a, it's a war of cultural ideas right now. And the main part of that is the gestalt feminine versus the gestalt masculine. So when Daniel Craig goes in a dress and he abases himself before the altar of the feminine imperative, now you know why. So there you go. And I got another $10 from Chris B. in Philly. Thank you, brother. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, help me out with, uh, OBS, uh, in the, within the next few days, I would very, very much appreciate that. Um, cause I need to, apparently I need to get off my ass and, and figure out how to do this because if I'm never going to do rule zero or I, by the way guys if anybody from rule zero if Ryan or uh, Carl or or John or anybody if you're watching this right now we got some work to do we got to figure out how we're gonna get all four of us on I'm gonna look at this uh, stream yard here um, once I'm done but uh, we, we're going to have to figure out a new way to get everybody all on the screen at the same time. And you know what? I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat as I am because it was, it was very easy to do this. And now it's becoming a little bit more difficult. So so we're going to have to figure this out on our own, guys. What is OBS? OBS is, uh, what is it, Open Broadcast System or something like that? I can't remember what, the, what it stands for. It's, a, it's, it's a, um, an encoder. what it is, is it's an application you use to actually like right now I've got the camera right here. I've got the the mic here in front of me. I'm going direct into YouTube right now, but I can only go solo right now. I can only do this by myself. Um, It used to be that we could have these hangouts, but uh, YouTube has decided that or Google has decided that they're going to cancel the hangouts. I don't know if that means they're going to make their own encoders, uh, but there are several different kinds. There's like OBS is one. um, What is it? Is it uh, Wirecast is another one. Um, There's Streamlabs OBS, which I might check out myself. Uh, If anybody's like a pro at this, I would very I would love to pick your brain um, once I'm done with this this impromptu Ask Me Anything. Uh, Feminist or masculine, you still need men to do most of the work and keep society flowing. Yes, you do, Um, especially when it comes to jobs that women don't want to do. And you need to be very. I think guys need to be a little bit more aware of that right now. Um, That we we value what it is women do, but what are what is it that they're doing? Well, we want to say that they're going to be, you know, the the leaders of industry or we want to put them into uh, positions that we're not we're not putting them as sewage workers we're not putting them as construction workers we're not putting them as welders how many how many women welders do you know i know that there's, there's, i, could, I could probably i bet you could probably figure that there's a few women welders maybe they're the artists but by and large men are doing the welding men are doing the garbage disposal stuff they're they're they're, do, they're do, dealing with refuse um they're doing they're doing the jobs that need to get done um, so I think we are probably going to see uh, in the future here coming up in through 2020, we're entering another decade very, very soon here. That's going to be interesting. Um, you're going to see uh, an entitlement like you've never seen before. And people keep asking me, do, do you think things are going to change? And I, I think they will. Uh, I don't like to think what is going to be required to make them to change, but I think they will probably change. Uh, Rolo, will you talk about the succubus, the succubus, like the demon, the succubus, like the female demon, the succubus? I have been suffering from an encounter with one and my soul has been stolen. Do you believe in the succubus? I believe that the succubus and the idea, don't forget the incubus. The incubus is the the male devil or demon. I think it was what it is. Do I think that there's a literal succubus? No, I don't. Um, do I, do I think that it's a, 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 an effort? Well, is it an allegory? Is it, is it a metaphor for a type of woman? Sure. I think so. And that, I think that that's, um, in, in our past, we, that was the only way that men could express that they wanted to say that this person is a demon or this person has stolen my soul or, or guys who have trouble, um, Guys who have trouble with their sexuality, let's just say that. Guys who who think that there's a little demon that's living in them. And if they, the de- they let the demon out, then they're going to go jerk off or they're going to go, um, they're going to lose their minds because of that little demon. Um, that, I think that that was one way of sort of embodying the idea, an ideal um, as an archetype. Uh, do I believe in the succubus? I believe in the succubus as an archetype. Um, I think that there are, and, and again, the, not, not to, not to put too fine a point on it here, but the succubus only has power over you as much as you give that person. Um, that's pretty much true of, of anything. Um, you can walk away and say no to things. You remember the power of no. Um, I can remember, I'll, I'll just give you a really quick story. One time when I was dealing with my borderline personality disorder, girlfriend, there was a time where I had just, I had got this knockdown, drag out fight. She was crying. I was crying. We were just, she was digging her, her nails into my forearm. And I don't, she was just going through this insanely, you know, episode of, of insane jealousy and like, you're looking at like, we were going to talk about this today. I'm sorry. We we're going to talk about that one, the lady that uh, knocked that other guy over the head with the, uh, the laptop. We'll probably get to that. I'm hopefully I'll be able to show you those videos. Um, But uh, that to me was a, 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 I know the behavior well enough to know that that's a borderline personality disordered woman right there. Um, And so I can remember one time I'd had gone through this really bad fight with her and she just like, was just like, fuck you. And she just went off to bed and we were at her dorm and I had the choice at that point i was just sort of sitting in like kind of like the living room area of her dorm and i was looking at her door was over here and then the door to the exit was over here and I kept looking at him thinking I have a choice right now and I it was like this you know how like drunks have like their moment of clarity or if you're if you're a drug addict or something you have this moment of clarity where where maybe you're coming down off a high or you're you're sobering up enough and you have that moment of clarity where you're just like you you see what's really going on in your environment and you're honest enough with yourself. I think that was like a moment of clarity for me. And I, I, I said, I can choose to go through that door and try to make things better, or I can choose to go through that other door and, and leave. And I'm proud to say that I left, that I actually had the, the presence of mind to do that. Um, so if you have a succubus in your life, don't go through the door that the succubus just went into. Um, don't. You know, make make the right do the right th- do the right thing do the right thing and um, remember that you are the one that I, I was just talking about this on the in the blank slate a little while and my my most recent post was the blank slate and I was talking or no excuse me it wasn't that one it was the one prior to that and it was about like personal responsibility I'm I didn't want people to sit to think that I was like downplaying personal responsibility. I think that's very, very important for people. Um, I think it's important to own your decisions. It's important to own your faults. It's important to own your, it's also important to own your victories and be proud of yourself for doing things that you've done. Um, But I I, I was talking about this in the sense that I think that too many people are over-reliant on the idea of personal responsibility. I think that there are actual things, there are actual elements in your environment that are out to fuck you sometimes. Okay. Not always, you know, it's not like, it's not like everybody's, you don't have to be paranoid. Not everybody's out to get you, but everybody is out for themselves and everybody. And there are circumstances in your environment that happen. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Right. And you, you can own your decision and you can decide how you want to react to that. But yeah, sometimes it's not your fault. You something happened to you and how you deal with it. That's on you. But, I see too many guys using the idea of personal responsibility as their default setting. They decide that you know, well, if you just owned your own faults, or if you just owned all this stuff, or is this this uh, uh, extreme ownership great? But guess what? Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and the only thing you can own is how you respond to that. And that's why I was using that as a as a uh, as an example. Um, You just, sometimes you have that moment of clarity and you've got to make sure that you're making the right decision and then taking that action. You know, a lot of times courage is just not having anything to lose. Just saying, you know what, what do I got to lose? Screw it. I'm going to go and do this. You know, that's when you know what you're really about is when you don't have anything to lose, then you know what your personality is. Because if you don't, if you're not doing the thing that seems like the most pragmatic and logical and best thing for your life at that point. Maybe you need to reassess, like who you are as a person. What do we have here? Let's see. The succubus. That was a great question. Thank you for that one. Um, Kevin VR. What are the signs of a female coworker who is being emotionally abused or controlled by a home at home by her boyfriend now fiance? What signs can I look f- can I look for in her? Um, that's a very specific question. Ken VR. Uh, is there? Are you see? This is this is the kind of question, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but this is the kind of question I would expect to hear from a guy who's a beta orbiter. Now, I'm not saying that that's what you are, because you're saying, well, what is it? What are the signs of abuse from somebody? It's like, well, why are you looking for the signs of abuse in the in you know in a woman? What, what's what's the best thing you could possibly do? Uh, give her the number to the domestic violence hotline. Uh, I mean, why why is that something that you that you have a an interest in what are the signs of a female coworker who is being emotionally abused or controlled at home by her boyfriend? Um, well, I mean, you can, you can, I mean, maybe you can find, I don't know, gosh, um, uh, low self-esteem, I guess that would be one, um, uh, being on a, on a leash. I would say guys are like this too. Um, being, you know, not, not having that independence. Um, bruises on her i guess i don't know um what signs can you look for in her why, why are you doing that why why is that a is that a thing for her um is there somebody in your life is there some co-worker that you suspect that this is happening i think that a lot of a lot of guys who are white knights or who are i don't even say white knights they' they're like they have what's called a savior schema and they look for um they they look for reasons why a woman shouldn't be with the guy that she's with and and i'm not saying this is you ken i'm I'm just using your question as a springboard here um there are a lot of guys who they're beta guys who see the girl of their dreams and they wonder why he keeps why she keeps going back to the guy who abuses her or he thinks is abusing her like she keeps going back to the guy because the guy is alpha because the guy has something going for her or maybe there's like an imbalance in like sexual market value between the two of them so like a woman who's like about a 6 and she's hooked up with a guy who's like a 7 or an 8 and why that you know that's that's when like women's hypergamy almost works against them because they don't want to lose their good thing and that's when you see women get really super possessive or they get into a situation where they are willing to be manipulated by a guy who's the best thing that they could possibly get So if you got a woman who was was lucky and she managed to lock down a guy who's a seven or eight or maybe she thinks the guy is a seven or an eight and she gets into a, a, a a relationship with this guy where it's not just about positive masculine dominance it's about abuse it's about a guy who is like manipulating that girl well i think a lot of beta dudes like presume that that's what's going on they presume that she's there against her will because you know, they believe in the blanks. They believe that she is just as rational. She should be just as rational as me. Or, she, you know, why can't she see how perfect I am? Like, I'm the perfect boyfriend. Why does she keep going back to this alpha jerk all the time? And why does she want to have his babies and not settle down and marry me? Well, the the reason for that is because there's probably an imbalance there in her relationship. And guys guys end up trying to foist this idea onto girls who they fixate on. So if there's like this hot girl who who represents is their ideal, their that they're what I well actually it's what um Dr. Warren Farrell calls the genetic celebrity. He she ends up being like the perfect girl for like the dream girl that he wants to get with. Um guys will if if she's already taken by a guy, um usually there's there's this want to sort of destroy that guy, especially if she's if she's complaining about him. Like if you're the if you're the beta orbiter, if you're like the the phone friend or the what we call the emotional tampon, and all you're hearing is the the bad things about the guy from the girl that you, well first of all probably have one itis for, but also the girl that embodies your ideal, you're going to start th- imagining the worst of that guy because he's the one that's getting her and you're not, and so. There, I think, uh, particularly in beta game, a lot of guys try to run uh, what's called the boyfriend destroyer. Um, that used to be a, a, a pickup artist thing, um, but I think it kind of comes naturally to guys who are beta orbiters who want to imagine the worst from the guy that has their girl, right, or the, the girl that they would want. And I hate that. I hate it when I see this in in hollywood or in a story of some sort like it's almost like this beta blue pill fantasy to to convince the girl of your dreams that the guy she's with is actually just some big galoot and and you're the perfect guy for her and she through whatever you know series of events Realizes that you're actually the perfect guy for her, and she should have been with you all along. And why couldn't she have seen it all, 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 all along? Why couldn't she have just seen how perfect you are? Well, because that, first of all, that doesn't happen. And second of all, when I read stories like that, again, like if you read Spider Man, or you read um, like a lot of comic books are are like this. It's a it's a very comic booky kind of plot line where the girl of your dreams suddenly realizes the truth that you were the perfect boyfriend was there in front of her all along. No, I mean, that's a fantasy. That's a fantasy that, that, that comic book writer, you know, guys who are, or just, you know, beta dudes themselves. um, That's what they write for themselves. That's they, they want that to happen. They want that to be true. So I don't know. Let's see. Uh, thanks for that. 499. I much appreciate that as well. Uh, (sighs) tjd why do women blame red pill or alpha behavior on mommy issues um because that is the default understanding that's that's what they're supposed to believe right if you have um i actually i wouldn't even say so much mommy issues as it is for like like blue pill guys because i hear women complain about clingy guys all the time and then they say they have mommy issues or the like guys who are blue pill dudes who have that really kind of neediness to them um it's because they didn't they didn't get enough mommy when they were little, um, that that mommy didn't pay enough attention to them, and so that they need a substitute for that. And lots of women will say, "Well, I've, i you know after I got married, I just I feel like I married another kid, or I he doesn't want a, a wife, he wants a mother." We hear that all the time too, but I, I understand what you're saying here, TJ. Um, the um, as far as uh women blaming red pill or alpha behavior on mommy issues. I think that that's just a convenient excuse. It's like the it's like saying, "Well, you're projecting." Like if you ask someone, like somebody says, somebody tells you, especially online, they say you're projecting. That's you're just that's because you're really like the way that you're criticizing this other person for. Like you're you're actually uh you're actually like this because you're projecting. If you were to ask them, like, okay, where does the concept of projection come from? They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't know what you're talking about if you were to say, "Um, um, who who came up with that idea? Or why do you think that I'm projecting? If you know, why can't you just simply stick to the objective truth or uh, objectively um, estimate what it is that I'm talking about, rather than like pointing at me or trying to poison the well? Right? Trying to say like, well, you're the pro. If 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 it was coming from anybody else, it would sound it would sound great. But because it comes from you, that means you're projecting they wouldn't be able to tell you anything about projection because that sounds like the right thing to say. They heard it somewhere else and it seemed accurate. Or maybe they heard it in like psychology 101 when they were in high school and it seemed accurate. Um, we have a lot of of pop psychology understanding in our brains and we maybe we took a class in high school about psychology or maybe we took a little bit of psychology in in, in college because it was a requirement that we had to take and we or, we or we just get this kind of like skim the surface of like what psychology really is like different schools is like different kinds of psychology a lot of people don't even understand that there's like behaviorism there's humanism there's cognitive psychology there's evolutionary psychology there's there's all kinds of different uh, schools of thought when it comes to psychology but because we're familiar with Dr. Phil or we're familiar with um doctor um what the, was it on loveline i forget the guy's name doctor something or other he was with adam carolla can't remember his name we, so we listen to that guy we think oh we know something about psychology no you probably don't but those but there's a lot of psychology terms that end up in our popular our popular consciousness and that's that's one of those things so saying a guy has mommy issues or um saying a woman has, has daddy issues. We don't know. You don't know that. I mean, we'll, we say, well, yeah, of course, uh, any, any woman who's a stripper has got to have daddy issues or, or porn stars. Porn stars have to have some sort of some, some mental psychosis. They can't possibly just be in it because it pays pretty damn well and they can make money off of it. Um, no, no, no. She's just doing it for just temporarily to pay off her college, so she can go be a, so she can go be a family therapist or something like that. Um, whenever I hear something like that, when I, people say mommy issues or they say um, like you have an Oedipus complex or some shit like that, it's like no, that's not it at all. You could, it's, it's what it is is it's an avoidance of of actually the subject and the topic at hand. Uh, Mike Lift, thank you. Uh, the BPD story hits home hard. Yeah, well, not as hard as it hit me. Uh, pizza rolls you can use appear in instead of google hangouts really appear in appear.in instead of google Hangouts. same thing that's what raj the raj show and gone doc use okay but they're using that on twitter man is that not is that different for is that different for um uh youtube i know maybe i'm wrong I'm gonna scroll through here. Sorry, guys, I'm I kind of lost track of these things. Okay, so I'll look that up. Thanks, Pizza Rolls. I, I will look that up. Um, I don't want to just give give love to everybody in the in the super chats here. Anyway, sorry. Uh, roll a frame is everything. I can't stop pulling. Oh, this is Brandon. Thanks for the ten bucks, brother. Roll a frame is everything. I can't stop pulling chicks. Okay. And your problem is, I want, once I gave up one itis, my whole life changed. Women sense it and it has them shook. Yeah, I'm sure they do. One thing that you're going to find is if you, if you decide that you're going to make yourself your mental point of origin, that's the, that's where really frame begins is, is deciding what. Well, you know what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. We, I keep seeing this over and over again on 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 Twitter. People keep asking, you know, well, you know, you get the women you deserve, or you get the women that you're willing to tolerate. Yeah, you do, but you still have to have some sort of value in yourself. Um, and I think we're taught as as children to be serviceable to live in a, in a a religious sense, to live a life of service, you know, to be a use, a use to others. And usually men, when it comes to dealing with the opposite sex, they want to be useful to another woman. And they think that that's going to, in turn, uh, draw their appreciation. Um, But What you need to do is, in making yourself your own mental point of origin, from there you build your own life, you build your own world around that, and hopefully it's something of value that women can appreciate and they want to be associated with, they want to be a part of. Um, I'm glad that you are pulling chicks now. Uh, once I gave uh, up one itis, my whole life changed. Yeah, imagine that. Actually, um, spinning plates is a pretty good um, insulation against one itis. That's not to say it's bulletproof, but what it teaches you is that you sh- is by not fixating on one woman. By not what what happens is when you have like multiple women, it gives you less of a chance to like focus and push all of your ideals into one woman. So, because that's not your only option, you've got four other girls that are there too, and so they're qualifying to you. They are the ones who are saying, "Look, if they if they value you, if they want to be involved in your frame, they are the ones that are coming to you to say to to gain your approval, rather than you putting into them whatever it is you think that your ideals are." The one the one thing about one itis and the soulmate myth is that because guys develop this scarcity mentality and they develop it because they want to live a life of servitude they want to be useful to women what happens is the first woman that comes along that appreciates them or or gives them any kind of positive reinforcement for what it is that they're doing that woman then becomes the target or the focus of that guy's ideals and and pushing his ideals into her so it's not like she's not actually like the way that he wants her to be but he tries to push and motivate her and, and and instill his ideals in her because he believes in idealistic love. Um, so what happens is when you spin more, when you spin plates, you don't, you have less of a chance to do that. You have less of a, and you, you have less of a motivation to do that because then it's like, guys will tell me all the time, well, I could not spin plates. I could never spin plates because I can't keep track of that many women. I can't keep track of, I can't keep track of all the, all the girls. I, I can't keep track of my lies. Well, why are you lying to them? You're all you're doing is dating on exclusively. And the reason you do that is, is an insurance policy so that you don't overinvest. You don't overcommit. You don't try to foist all of your ideals onto one woman who's probably not going to be. So you got three or four women. And you want to see in them maybe certain qualities or certain aspects or things that you value or maybe like the ideals that you have. And instead of putting it into them, they're showing you whether they have that or not. If that's actually a part of their personality, and so that gives you a better chance to um, to evaluate and experience women. And that's another part of of spinning plates as well. Um, I, I as everybody knows, if you've read my first book, the reason I put um, the the fallacy of the one, there is no one, um, and the soulmate myth in the very beginning of it because I think that that is probably the single most damaging belief that modern contemporary guys hold today. And the way to mitigate that the best is to date non-exclusively. Is to, and I'm not saying you have to bang every single one of these girls as most people would like you to believe. Um, I'm saying that you need to have options. You need to develop options. And from those options, you gain experience with women, and you understand the nature of women <clears throat> because you've got more to choose from. You've got you've got a bigger pool to sample from, and different personalities. As people say, well, that's only three or four girls. Well, yeah, fine, but you're spinning plates. You're rotating. You're rotating plates. So it's not like you're this. You don't have to. I mean, you can be. You can be a player, and spin plates. But that doesn't necessarily mean that. A plate spinner is necessarily a player. He's just being non-exclusive, and that's where everybody wants to vilify me. They want to say, "Well, you know, Rolo, he uh, he just tells guys to go have sex with as many girls as he possibly can." No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying experience as many girls as you possibly can. You know, I was talking about Goldman a little while ago. Goldman has Goldman said this one time. He was on um, he was on Jesse Peterson's show, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson's show. And he was explaining like how he he viewed life and viewed women. He said, The world is my the world is my harem or the world is my girlfriend. And it's true because you go and you look at all the women that he has had an experience with. He's not, you know, he's not screwing around with, he's not necessarily a player. He's not like trying to like, he's not doing it like nah, ha, ha, I'm gonna go get another girl today. He just, he's not doing that, but he's experiencing more and more women and has a broader understanding of women. And women like that, they like to know that you know. They, they want you to just get it well how do you just get it well you've got to experience women you have to understand what they're all about uh Brian Brandon Brown thanks you thanks for that um, let's see if there's anything in between these uh Brandon Brown thank you for that other five dollars uh betas okay here's this is this is not a super uh, betas are rising women are becoming faux alphas in a vacuum of masculinity <laughs> yeah. That's one of the reasons why you see uh, that was Biz Kitgo. I guess that's your name. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, there is a deficit of conventional masculinity. In fact, the APA decides that uh, you know traditional masculinity is a personality disorder. What do you expect? Of course, like um, we were just talking about Daniel Craig. Well, the, a black woman is and and a very masculinized black woman is going to be playing the part of 00. We have Natalie Portman is going to be Thor, right? I mean, these are pretty masculine. I mean, the characters historically are very conventionally masculine characters. I mean, other than, you know, James Bond and and Thor, the god of thunder, those are pretty masculine characters. And so now that we've decided that that we want to masculinize our women to the nth degree, um, Yeah, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see women are going to take over the spot of masculinity. And it's not because they're better at it. It's because we're forcing that role on them. And because men are supposed to feminize and women are supposed to masculinize. At least that's the the zeitgeist of the day. Brandon Brown, once you give up the girl of your dreams, you get a lot of other girls of your dreams. Yes that's another thing is like you thinking about like things from a perspective of a soulmate there is no soulmate and guys will say well didn't you marry your soulmate Rolo? you've been married for 23 years I married a good woman I married a woman that I click with that's not to say that there haven't been women in my past that I didn't click with I did I probably could have had a good relationship with them I just wasn't ready for that I wasn't the right person then and they probably weren't the right person then either Um but my wife and I are a good fit. I've never once said my wife is my soulmate. I I I don't believe in soulmates. Soulmate is like almost like a religious um, position. It's almost like thinking, well, we're all gonna be in heaven together, and and you know, I love you so much. We're gonna laugh, This love is gonna last forever, and we're gonna be in heaven together forever and ever. Amen. Mm. And so, if you think about those, think about things in those terms. What really the what the small soulmate myth is, and what one itis is as a result of that, um, <clears throat> is it's meant to keep you in a a mentality of scarcity, but it's also a mentality of locking you into uh, a monogamous world view, world structure, uh, intersexual structure. That's why a soul, soulmate is this, right? There's one per, there's one perfect match for you in this world. And you were created as these souls before you were born. And all you got to do is find the right soul and you connect with that soul. And then when you die, you go to heaven and you have you're, you're with your your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, your soulmate for the rest of your life. Right. It's 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 kind of ludicrous, but like think about like the the power of that myth and what happens is that's meant to keep you in this idea that you're only supposed to be with one person like i can remember like when I was talking to, i've said this before it's like when my uh, my sister-in-law and her husband end up committing suicide you know prior to that is like well was he your soulmate well the guy that she's with now the the you know perfect multimillionaire guy he's the soulmate now Well, what about the other guy Oh, no, he wasn't my soulmate. Or what about the guy that you're with, like like that Katy Perry song, The One That Got Away? Like, okay, so you had this perfect dude that w- that you met in college, and he's your alpha widow, and either maybe he died or maybe he didn't die, but you just couldn't lock him down, and then you got with another guy, and you started this really pretty pretty good life, but you're constantly pining for that one guy. Your life that could have been. And that is a very... Uh, they, remember, that we sell the soulmate myth to both sexes. We sell it to, to men and women men interpret it a little bit differently and they create their own kind of codependent world surrounding this mythology of the of the soulmate um, but yeah you you will find that if you can put that away and you can you know remove your belief in that mythology you'll live a much healthier life and you'll have a you'll have a, first of all you have a healthier outlook on life because you'll put you into an abundance mentality. I've talked about this before when I when, uh, if you've read anything I've t- written about paternity there is a, uh, a theory and it's called strate- uh, strategic pluralism theory for guys and guys who are lower SMV tend to um, focus and fixate on one woman because they don't have the options or the opportunities to be reproductively successful with many women. But our natural, as men, our natural proclivity is unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. If there is a male imperative, that is it. And if you have a problem with that, all I'm going to do is point you to why online pornography is so prolific right now and why it's free and why 10-year-old boys can get a hold of it whenever they feel like it. Uh, Because that is the number one imperative for men, which is, have access to multiple women, access to avail multiple available women, uh, and you know p- people have asked me this before. They've said, "Don't you think that homosexual men are are hypergamous as well?" I'm like, "No, I don't think they are at all." In fact, but you remove that entire you remove the element of of filtration that uh, the the barrier to entry to <laughs> literally the barrier to entry with women. In hypergamy is removed for for homosexual men so what do they do well then they head off to gay bathhouses and they indulge themselves in their masculine imperative which is unlimited access to unlimited sexuality in this case it's with other men and you take away that you take away that barrier that is hypergamy and you get what you get one with modern homosexuality right now um i, I won't get it i I, I, i've ri- if you want to actually i should say i have a, a post called homosexuality if you guys want to read what my my take is on homosexuality i have written about it so um, go ahead and look that up on the rational mail and you will see what i'm talking about um so let's see what else do we got here what would you say is a reasonable oh, sorry uh ludwig e ludwig uh what would you say is a reasonable end count before considering her uh, an LTR. I laid eight chicks this year and count is 16. Feel like I've seen it all. Um, okay. Here's the average, I, as far as I know, the statistical average for the average dude right now is somewhere between four and seven women, sex partners for women it is actually higher. Now I believe it's somewhere like seven or eight for women. Uh, and that's like realistically speaking. And of course, of course the joke is, well, you know, just triple that. So it must be 21 for women. Um, no, I, I think women have more sexual access than men do, and that's by design. Uh, I was just reading this study on um, Tinder where it's like for uh, tinder is is beneficial to fifty percent of women who are on it. like fifty percent of women will get hookups on Tinder. Only two percent of men get hookups on Tinder, and those are the obviously the top the top you know cream of the crop there. Um, and that should show you what the what the the ratio, the distribution ratio is right there. So how does that relate into sexual partners? Um, I don't know, man. Like I can remember and and uh, even Pat gave me grief for that. Well, Pat didn't, but like some of the people on the show gave me grief because I'd, I'd mentioned to that my honest end count is a little bit over 40, like 42, I think, uh, somewhere around there. And uh, let's just say it's a little, it's greater than 40 and less than 45. And I used to think, oh my God, that makes me a man horrible, oh, you know, but then I was talking to guys in the pickup artist community who are in triple digits, or I talked to guys that I, shit that I know today who are in triple digits. And I don't think that I, I'm wondering if they're going to take me seriously because I've only had sex with some up 40, some odd women, right? And this was back in, you know, the late eighties and early nineties and in through the nineties. Um, <clears throat> But I get what you say, like once you have sex and once you're into it, like Goldman was just saying recently that he is sort of done with pursuing sex as, I guess, a topic of his writing or his topic of his interest. Um, he's not, he didn't downplay the importance of it. He's just said that, you know, he's looking at other things besides just intersexual dynamics, which is fine. You know, okay, good, more power to him. Um but I think what what is a good end count? You mean, I, I would assume you're asking me like what is a good end count for yourself? Um, so I think that sort of depends on the guy. like for for some guys, it's just one is is too many, um, but or, or two <laughs> two is too many. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it kind of depends on the guy. There's some guys that like I've, I've known guys who have had somewhere in the vicinity of like say 30, their, their end count is 30, 30 different women. And they still wish they would, because of what they did with the woman that they settled on, the one that they wanted to get into a long-term relationship with, because of the, the nature of that woman, they regret not being able to go back and experience more women. Uh, I think that it is important to experience many women. Now, does that mean you're going to have sex with all of them? No, but it is important to experience women on different levels like understanding who they are intimately and what women are about intimately and notice the commonalities between them so like having sex i i can let's i don't want to i don't want to get too and i don't want to get too deep in like my own sexual experiences here but like i can recall let's just say this I'll, I'll be general i can recall sexual experiences with with one woman and then sexual experiences with another and then with another and with another um and I notice the commonalities, and then I notice like what 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 drives one woman crazy is not necessarily what's going to drive another woman crazy. But then there are also the one that examples that everything is common to. So you don't make those connections, or you don't understand that unless you have experienced many women. And like I said before, um, women want a guy who just gets it. And what I mean by that is you don't have to be told how to relate with women. You don't have to be told um, b- b- the nature of women. They they women like a man who knows how to play the game. They don't want a man who's going to tell them, okay, here's we're playing a game now. You know, they, they don't want the, the jig up. You know, they don't want to be told that they're playing a game. They want you to just get it and they want you to play along with them. And guys will say, well that's kind of stupid man. I want to, you know, why can't she just say what she means? It means what she says. Why can't she be more like a guy? Because she's a girl. <laughs> because she's a woman because there are differences between the two of you. Um, And she wants a guy who knows how to play that game. And in doing that, you have to be somebody who has experienced, that. that's that's a sign of an alpha is a guy who has experienced many women to the point that he understands the nature of women. So when I talk about, like when we talk about um, uh, amused mastery, I was just talking about this with John from Modern Life Dating. When we talk about amused mastery, um, or um, uh, was agree and amplify. When you use those, those those are techniques, those are pickup artist techniques, but they're rooted in a psychological dynamic in that women want a guy who has competency. Well, where do you get that competency? And where do you get the competency with women? You can only get that by experience. You can't watch, there's no, there's no movies that are going to teach you that you can read my book. Okay. That's it. That's about it. There's, there's some other, but there's some other great books. Don't, I don't want to just like gloss myself here, but there are ways you can learn some of this stuff through, through reading. But the only really way to, to understand it to the point where you can have a muse mastery of it is to experience more and more women. And that can be through sex, but that can also be through intimacy. That can also, if, if maybe you're not into, maybe you're a guy who's all about premarital Maybe you're one of the. What one point seven percent of guys who actually waits to to have sex before he's married? Maybe you're that guy. You still need to date non-exclusively. You still. I, I've been included sort of a caveat in um, in the rational male when I was talking about that. In, um, uh what was it? Iron rule number three, which is um, any woman that makes you wait for sex, the sex is never worth the wait. Well. Guys will say, I, I kind of had to add a, add a caveat to that because guys will say, well, I, I can't have sex with women because I'm I'm a Christian or I'm a Muslim or I'm whatever. I, I don't believe in premarital sex. Uh, okay, fine. But you still need to determine genuine desire. And you're not going to be able to figure those, those things out. You're not going to just get it that she has genuine desire for you if you have not experienced other women who have had genuine desire for you or you figure things out about their nature that is relatable to all women so that is why it's important so what's what's a good notch count i i can't give you that answer that answer is 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 you that's right here you have to decide which for me you know i knew i think when i got to when i got to having sex with my wife and i was looking back on like when i I, people say we were just talking having this conversation about vetting and we're going to talk about this by the way on rule zero if we ever figure this damn youtube thing out um we're going to talk about vetting women and the importance of vetting women and the not over-investing yourself in the idea of vetting quite so much as uh, I think a lot of trad cons would have you believe. Um, but I'm not saying that vetting is not important. I'm just saying that there is, you know, don't it's not the be-all, end-all. Um, but more importantly, and, and I've, I've said this to Rich before, more important than vetting your wife is vetting yourself and understanding yourself and understanding what it is you're capable of. And when I met my wife, my first, my vetting was with me. I was like, is this a woman that I can be faithful to? Because I know me, <laughs> I've seen me do it. I've cheated on chicks and I know she's hot and I know she's fun. But in three months, am I going to want to be, you know, off with another chick? Am I going to, and I, and I could honestly answer my, my, to myself at 27, 28 years old. Yeah, I, I think she's somebody that I could actually be faithful to okay, once we've moved past that, now I'm going to say, okay, well, she's good with kids. She's, you know, has got a good family. You know, she likes puppy dogs, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, Then that becomes important. But I think guys need to understand themselves. And the only way you're going to understand yourselves is through experience. So what's enough? What's enough for me with regard to women? Like I I like sex. I like women. I, and that's not a secret. I think most guys do. Most heterosexual men, red-blooded guys do. That's like I was just saying that guys have that, um, that imperative, that is unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. Okay, well, once that's settled, once you've had sex, once the mystery of sex is gone, um, then you're looking for some. You're, you're looking for performance for sure. You certainly want to have good sex, but that's when you know enough about yourself and you know enough about the nature of women that you can move on and you can be. If you want to talk about vetting, you can be more accurate in your vetting because you had more experience with more women. Uh, let's see. Sam whiskey, once again, thanks, brother. nine ninety nine. Uh, Lady Di used to sneak out of the palace to go party with Freddie Mercury uh, while married. Why? Because she wanted some sort of excitement in her life, right? I mean, why would a woman, you know, I think what you're trying to say is why would she go party with a guy who's gay? Well, first of all, let's let's clarify something. Freddie Mercury was not gay. Freddie Mercury was bisexual. So how do we know that Lady Di was not actually getting after it with Freddie Mercury? Maybe, you know, he was a queen, she was a queen. Maybe that's what they wanted to do. Maybe that was just the fun thing for them to do. I don't know, man. That's that's pop pop stuff, but why? Um because women who are kept women still want to live that exciting life. I mean, look at who Prince Prince Charles was, you know? Okay. You got Prince Charles and you have Freddie Mercury. Mm, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Even if he's gay, Freddie Mercury. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bipedal cruotin. I can't remember. Scrotum. Okay, we're just going to call you bipedal scrotum because I can't pronounce that. 27 year old virgin raised by a single mom. God, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, told to wait four degree. Right, girl. Found the red pill last month and started dating recently, but. How to get over? How to get over my lack of English knowledge of English? Uh, how to get over anger? In a at missing out on my twenties. Oh man, you know what? Actually, I, I don't. I'm sorry, dude. I don't. I don't mean to like run you up the flagpole here. I I, I get what you're saying because this is a very common question. Um, <clears throat> so you're 27 years old. You're raised by a single mother. You're a virgin. Uh, you are probably taught the idea that you're once you get your 40 year degree, then your ship will come in. Um and now your 20s are almost over and you feel like you've wasted your 20s. Uh that's tough. Try it this way, man. Try wasting your 20s. Try wasting about half of your 20s uh, trying to figure out a borderline personality disordered woman. That's that's an even bigger bigger hurdle to get over. So you're angry right now, but you're angry at yourself. Okay, you're angry because you got into the red pill and you understand you your eyes have been opened and you're not don't don't be angry at women. Be angry at If you want to be angry at somebody, you need to be angry at the system that put you into that situation in the first place, the the blue pill that had conditioned you to believe the things that you did. And usually that's what guys do. Women, when they see guys who are a red pill and they seem and they sound kind of angry, are they, oh, those guys are so angry at women. No, they're not angry at women. They're angry at exactly what this guy is talking about right here, which is lost opportunity, lost prospects. Um, lost uh, opportunities at investing in something that's better than that, um, A lost, lost time, that's what they're angry at. They're angry at themselves for having believed it for so long. They're not angry at women. Most of them aren't angry. I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't misogynists. There are, but most of them are not angry at women. They're angry at the fact that they missed out. They're 27 years old. He's still a virgin He, he because he believed something that was – Detrimental to his maturity and detrimental to his growth. Um, I think what's weird to me is like, and and people will will probably I, I think probably Tricons will run me up the flagpole for saying this, but I when I see guys who are virgins at 27 years old or guys who are virgins at 30 some odd years old, I almost see it's almost like seeing somebody with who's missing a, a limb, like it's some sort of part of them that they should have experienced by now and they have they have not for whatever reason uh was just watching the or we're just checking out the statistics for the general general survey statistics i think it is and you know young men 18 to 29 years old um, are are sexless at, tri, at triple or tri, uh, three times the rate that the generation before them were during that demo, at that demographic so what that means is that that guys between 18 and 29 are having three times less sex than they did prior to the generation that came before them and i'm generation x so this is kind of like kind of strange to me because I'm like, why wouldn't you want to do that? And then people say, well, it's because of uh, me too, or people have these concerns, or I'm going MGTOW, or I'm whatever, whatever it is. There's all these mitigating factors, but I'll tell you what's not, what's not a statistic is the same women are having sex at the same, well, pretty much the same rate as they have been in the past. So somebody's getting laid. It might not be those guys. It might not be the twenty-nine-year-old, the eighteen to twenty-nine-year-old guys, but somebody is getting laid. Um, so people say, "Well, that's just women being hoes, or that's just women being hypergamous, or whatever." It's like, "Well, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, what are you are you going to be just satisfied to be a twenty-seven-year-old virgin?" I was listening. I I, I brought this up yesterday um, on Rule Zero when i was talking about this interview it was, not your, it was a podcast by a guy who was trying to um, sort of flesh out why guys who are 27 year old virgins who would buy um, the bathwater of delphine or daphne or whatever her name was and yes her boyfriend is behind all of this but why why is there a market in the first place why are there guys that are willing to do that well because they've they've grown up in such isolation they have they have had their their social intelligence if you believe in that stuff they've had their social for lack of a better term social intelligence stunted and retarded in the clinical sense retarded um by a by a society that is insular it it, it rewards insulation and 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 retreating within oneself and so what do you have what you have right now and this is what the guy was saying he was saying that um you have uh, a, a generation of guys who their only friends are the people that they know online. Like I'm, I'm watching the here's I'm watching the the live chat you know stream by. I actually have real friends in real life, um, but uh, you know that's that's their their social. They have grown up from the time they were 12 years old online and in chat rooms and on Twitter and whatever else. That's their social. That's their socializing. Then you've got uh, uh, online pornography that takes care of the libido. Um, then you know maybe they've learned a, a skill online that they can uh, earn money online by being a podcaster or being uh, a coder or whatever. They don't even have to leave the house; they can just sit in front of their monitor all day long, and that does something to a guy. You know, the only thing they don't have is that human contact anymore, and maybe a little bit of bathwater from a girl who looks like Sailor Moon or evangelion or whatever the hell aaron aaron clary needs to help me out with my anime um whatever she looks like you know little cat ears right um what why is that appealing well there you know this water touched her ass all right you know there's that there's that human connection i think maybe maybe as we go for like we were just talking about how um what's the future going to hold Um, you know, for, for men and women in intersexual dynamics in the future. uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope it's guys actually getting off their ass and, and, and meeting and and learning and understanding that they've been a little bit retarded there in the clinical sense. I'm not saying you're retarded. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. I feel as if I learned this too late. Uh, No, if you're 27 and you are now learning the red pills like we've read my book or whatever i have guys and and i don't want to put one of them on the spot let's just say i've got guys who are in their 70s right now who are are counseling that I, i do counseling with and guys who picked up my book at 70 years old so don't think that you're too late even at 70 years old you can still you can still use this to your best effect and your best advantage so uh be glad that you're not 60 50 60 years old and you're you're just now figuring this stuff out guys who are awake at least you're not married right i mean you could be awake and well married um you could have made some count yourself lucky that you haven't made decisions based on your old blue pill uh, understanding so just get out there man i mean you can do it. i mean i i believe in you bipedal dude um all right i'm going down you'll have to forgive me if i've missed your super i'm I get a little long-winded. I think people probably know that. Um okay, I'm just gonna scroll through these right quick. Jesus, man, I can't even catch up with these things here. Um, Alex says, How much risk should you take in life as a young guy in his 30s regarding jobs, money, everything else? Should you go buy, get rich, or die young, or try or, or play it safe? um i think a lot of guys today are taught to play it safe um either it's because they have been feminized by mothers like single mothers or over uh, over concerned mothers you have to understand that women opt for security that is the main like, we, we when we talk about alpha fucks and beta books you know, alpha seed and beta need there is the the alpha sexual fun exciting breeding is necessary short term sexual side of things and then there is the beta bucks provisioning i need long term security side of things that long term security side of things tends to define women for the rest of their lives because they're the weaker sex and i don't mean that in terms of you know I'm, that's not sexism that's just a freaking observation okay women are the weaker sex historically ancestrally they have been the weaker sex and they need protection they need security they have their their mental models their their uh, evolved mental firmware is a result of a need for security and so what do they do to ensure their security? Well, in one in one way is they teach their children to provide that security for themselves. They don't want to have to worry whether or not you're going to jump off the roof with a superman cape and break your legs. They want you to s- stay on the safe side of the s- sidewalk, right? They want you to stay safe. They want you to, you know, whereas men on the other hand are are risk risk tolerant, women are risk averse. So if you're believing that you need to be more risk uh, averse, or if you if you want to if you if your tendency is to play it safe, I would say nine times out of ten you were taught by a guy or you were raised by a guy who had more feminine uh, or who, who who aligned himself with more the security needs of women, or you were raised by a single mother in which she did not teach you risk tolerance; she taught you risk aversion. So I'm not saying that that's what you did here Alex but I'm saying that the reason that you are t- you're, you're you're debating between the two of these is it's sort of like this this masculine side that says go out there take risks nothing venture, nothing gained uh go out there and take those risks and then there's the security side of you where it's like I just want to play it safe I want to get a nice house and live in a nice neighborhood and have a white picket fence and one dog and three kids and I'm good to go right okay well that depends on who you are as a person. I think. Um, are you somebody that is like, screw it, I'm just gonna do me and that's it? Or, uh, I mean, there's, there's a, most guys aren't one or the other. They, you'll find that guys who are the most secure, the guys who are just play it safe guys, the guys who just want to stay in one town their whole lives. Those guys at some point to establish themselves in that security, they still had to take risks to get to that point to to establish themselves in, secu- in a secure life. Um, I would say in this day and age, there is too much opportunity for you to not take risks. Um, I mean life is a risk, right? but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm more about like experiences like I want to, I want to go to my deathbed with saying, "Yeah, I did that. I jumped off. The, I jumped out of the plane. I, uh, you know, I swam with sharks. You know, that kind of stuff." I I want to be able to 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 have those those experiences to relate. The only person who can really, really retain those is you. Like I can tell you right now. I can tell you right other people. People like to talk about like peak experiences. Like they get into this this. Uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs and stuff like. Well, when you get to the top of the pyramid, you have peak experience. You can have peak experiences like at any stage of that stupid, you know, pyramid. Which I, I, I'm, I'm. I think the jury's still out on that one. But like. If you have this peak experience, I'll tell you the one time I I had a peak experience, literally a peak experience. I took my my sled up to this place called High Meadows and it was a a couple seasons back and I got up there. It was was right above Lake Tahoe and it's just absolutely beautiful place that you can get to. And you have to have a pretty decent sled and you have to know how to get up there. So you get to the top of this top of this mountain, literally a peak, and you can just like the sky is a shade of blue. That is, you you are not going to find that shade of blue anywhere else on planet Earth except for the top of the mountain. And if there is, I don't know about it because that's the only place I've ever been able to see it. And I lean back and I laid back on the on the seat of my my sled and I just stared at the the ceiling. And I'm like, this is something I will remember for the rest of my life. Like just being right here, just this. One, I mean, and I'm I'm not even it's not like getting married or watching your child born or something like that. It's just like one of those things where you just you're breathing in the air, you're looking and you're and and it's just you and the sled and and the world right and i thought that that was a really interesting experience to have but there was risks involved to get up to that there's there's things that you have to do to get to the experiences that you want to have and that requires risk and sometimes because and risk entails danger sometimes you're going to fall sometimes you're going to roll your sled over yourself um I don't know. I I think that if you are leaning too much towards one or the other, that's when you sort of need to reassess. Uh, Let's see. What else do I have going on here? Um, I've got 20 Russian rubies from uh, a Russian gentleman here. Thank you very much for that. I don't speak Russian, so I won't be able to pronounce your name. Uh, What else do we got here? Um, I'm coming up on... Let's see, an hour and a half. I feel like I owe you guys at least something here. Uh, let's see, Andre. Andre, I'm just going to tell you Andre. I'm actually writing a small book on Tinder, a small book on Tinder, and I'd like to put some real statistics in it. Good luck with that. Where have you found this one you just mentioned? Uh, look at my Twitter feed, Andre. You'll find it there. Oh great. And the housekeeping people are here now too with the vacuums. Awesome. Now you guys know I am going to be leaving this studio very soon. Uh Sam Whiskey again. Does STD scare men from spinning plates? Uh yeah, that's part of it, I'm sure. Jesus Christ, man. I'm sure you guys can hear that vacuum, can't you? <laughs> they'll, they'll leave. Anyways. Um uh, <laughs> God. You know, it's funny. It's like I I moved into this studio and I put up the soundproofing and all this other stuff because I thought, oh man, I'll get some I'll get some work done. It'll be nice and quiet down there. And it's like the days I come in here to do this is when housekeeping comes in. Uh, does STD scare uh, men from spinning plates? Of course it does. I mean, that's always that should be. If it's not a concern of yours, it should be a concern. So take precautions. You know, you don't have to say, well, I'm not going to have sex with women because uh, I'm going to try to avoid uh, STDs. sounds smart. Okay, great. But if you're, if that's what's holding you back from understanding women, understand that that's what it is. That's what's doing it. Um, I think guys use like guys will say, well, like I've only ever been with one woman and and, thank goodness I didn't, I'm, I didn't catch an STD. Okay. Well, you want a cookie? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, why? Oh, I I understand STDs are a thing. I get it. I I read some, some, uh, some article about Coachella and how like STDs were rampant at Coachella or like women were having like sex, like having orgies and stuff at Coachella. And, um, I'm like, well, yeah, of course it's that, that that's where it's at. But, um, I think that guys tend to, it's, it's what I call the myth of the Dodger bullet. And, um, if you read my, my work on buffers, that's one of those buffers where guys will, they, they they make their necessity of virtue. They're not getting any play as it is anyways. And they go, well, you know, and I, uh, you know, I, I could get laid, but, um, I, am worried about getting STDs. And put on a condom, you know, use good judgment, right? I mean, people say, well, like, here's here's what's going to happen. And one person goes out there and they say, well, Rolo said, use good judgment. So I'm going to go put on a condom and have sex. And then they get like chlamydia or something, <laughs> you know? Um, Yeah. Is that a possibility? Sure. It's a possibility, but again, risk, risk, risk averse versus risk tolerant. What, what is it worth to you? You know, let's see what else we got here. I just got another one. Let's see. Paul Rose. Thank you for that. 50 Australian dollars. Uh, Rolo, you have changed my life. Thank you. My brother's life and my dad is living his last years like he never thought possible. I handed him my copy of your book. And at age 68, see, it's never too late. He has made notes, highlighted the crap out of it. I can't thank you enough. Much love. Paul, you know what you would, what would really be cool is if you took pictures of your dad's book, like the highlighting in it, and then send me an email of it, I would love to see that. I like to see, like when whenever I meet guys and they want me to sign their book or like I'm meeting dudes at like, you know, appearances and stuff like that, um, they'll always have me, they'll, they'll hand me the book and it's like completely dog-eared and it's highlighted in three different colors and it's underlined. And, and I, I, I just, I love to see that because that's exactly why I push the print book. Um, I want guys to keep it around as sort of a reference, like a a manual almost for themselves. And that's, that's some really good. tell your dad, I said, hi. And if he ever wants to email me and talk to me, just tell him he's the dad of Paul Rose. (laughs) This is awesome. Thanks guys. Much appreciated. Uh, Phil Thompson says, uh, isn't FB, FB, a way men disqualify themselves to women by allowing women to gauge a man's SMV?" and social proof by seeing the amount of likes of Facebook, uh, likes the guy gets. Isn't Facebook a way to disqualify themselves to women, to disqualify themselves to women by allowing them to gauge a man's SMV. (sighs) I don't know how much, how much gravity do you think women put in men's accounts on social media? Like if you're a dude and you have, uh, you have an Instagram and you're like Dan Blitzerian, right? And you have like all these girls that are hanging on you and you can't, like girls can't tell whether or not you have a a girlfriend or not. Or, and you have all this, I think a lot of guys believe that the more they put on social media, the better off they'll be. Like it's it's a, some, it's some like a cheap form of social proof or pre-selection. The only, th- the, the, here's the, the trick about pre-selection. Pre-selection is only effective in the moment. It's only effective in that moment when that woman is right there live at the party or live at the concert or live at the social engagement or whatever it is. And people are patting you on the back or people are saying, man, I can't believe this guy, blah, blah, blah. Or you walk into a to an event and there's this instant connection of social, well, uh, pre-selection, social proof. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I have a, I have a post called um, Hysteria. And in Hysteria, I have two videos on there, and they're both of this guy who uh, pretty much just trolled uh, a mall, and then he did it down like um, someplace in New York, I think in Times Square or something like that. And he walked around this mall with a video team that were taking video of him, and he had a guy who was supposed to be his handler. This guy was not famous. He was not anybody of particular, he wasn't an actor. He wasn't anybody who had an actual social proof or, or pre-selection, but he walked around this mall and people were, were seeing him being videotaped. And he was talking with the guy who was supposed to be his quote unquote handler. And he in within like 10 minutes of him walking around this mall, like this, people were coming up to him and getting his autograph and people would, they made up the story. They said, okay, he's so-and-so from, The new Spider Man movie. And people were going, Oh, yeah, I know, I know that guy. And they were taking selfies with this guy. And he was getting phone numbers from girls. He was going through, like, he was going to different, different uh, stores. He did the same thing on, um, on Park Avenue. And really, what it was was a social experiment to show you just how easy it is to fool people or trick people into believing that you have fame or you have social proof or that you have, um, <clears throat> that you have a pre-selection uh, right there in the moment, so you've got a guy that can do that. If you, it, it probably wouldn't be too tough to repeat this, but you've got a guy who goes out there and pretty much trolls all these people by convincing them that he's actually famous. Now, imagine you're trying to do that on Instagram, or you're trying to do that on Facebook, and there's not other people there kind of catching that fever, right? That mob, that mob mentality, and it's mob, it's a, a mob mentality in a good way. But when, when you enter into a social situation and pre-selection is an element of all of that, um, it has to be done right there in the moment. I, don't, I, I think that, the, that social media is too much of a buffer to, to be an effective form of social, of, of social proof. So what he's saying is, it not this disqualify themselves to women by allowing women to gauge a man's SMV by his social proof? Well, here's the thing if a guy, like if a guy's got a six pack abs and he's, and he, he goes on Tinder or he goes on, on uh, Instagram or whatever, and he's a good looking dude, he's built. Um, it's, it's really not going to matter what kind of, because remember, it's all visual at that point when you're, we're talking about social media and if it's a guy that women don't know already, um, and he's really super good looking and he's already, you can tell he's got automatic, pre-selection just by the way he looks. there are guys just by the way they look they have pre-selection. They already know that like a guy's got if the guy is ripped if the guy looks like Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans or whatever and and you see that online that guy has an automatic uh, value he's got an automatic value of um, uh, 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 of so, uh, social well, social proof but also pre-selection so women when they see that they know that other women are going to be attracted and aroused by that guy. So is that going to work against you? Depends. What is your actual SMV? So if people are like building you up and they're they're patting you on the back and they're doing it because you're the world's best, you know, World of Warcraft player, doesn't matter how many how many likes you have, it's not going to make any difference. It's it's a lot more visceral, I think, and that's that's a that's one truth about social media is that it's very Darwinistic. It's very socially Darwinistic, uh, particularly. In respect to women, um, when it comes to using it as like online dating, and you guys thought high school was Darwin, <laughs> social Darwinism. Um, oh, I got one more here. Ah uh, Yoga Luva, Good from Australia. As a gay man, I can totally relate to so much of your videos. Oh, cool! Uh, gay guys get used, to, get used and abused just as much as straight men. I love women more now that I know how they work. I'm finally sovereign and free. Yeah, I bet you are. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with gay guys. I think that um, they have something to to offer to the community to to the manosphere. I don't know what I don't know exactly what Jack Donovan's thing is right now because he's been gay in the past, and I I have heard rumor that he might be with a girlfriend right now. I don't know if that's if that's true or not. But if you've read anything of his work, um, I think he's got quite a bit to say when it comes to masculinity, and I think he's got a really good outlook. It doesn't matter to me whether the guy is gay or not. Um, I like and have met and have been a past friend of Miley Yiannopoulos as well. I think he had a lot to say and he had, he had a lot of contributions to the Manosphere and probably still does in some way. Um, I wouldn't disqualify the, um, the experiences of any man, whether that guy's gay or not. Um, I mean, I'm not gay, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that they can give that, that side of the story to, to people. I, I I would be interested. I'd be curious to know what you thought about my, my theory about, about gay men rev- resorting to um, unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if the strategic pluralism theory doesn't also apply to gay men. Like if you're a lower sexual market value gay man, does that make things, or that, I would say that would have to make things a little bit more difficult for you. And as a, a lower sexual market value gay man, does that pre- Predispose you to um, to looking for a long term relationship with another man, or is it just because you can't facilitate, um, you know, unlimited access to unlimited sex? I I I would be very curious to to understand your take on that. Um, let's see. I'm going to do a couple more here because I'm coming up on an hour, a little over an hour and a half. Um, for those of you guys who are just joining this right now, um, and by the way, gosh, man, this is a great thing. This is a great viewership for just a spur of the moment here. Um, I wasn't intending on doing a, a solo thing today. And I just want to apologize to Pat for not being able to have this thing set. But this is uh, the reason I'm doing this today right here solo is because uh, YouTube has decided that they are. Going to change things up with respect to um, doing their hangouts and their live chats. If anybody um, knows an easier way to do this, where I can just quickly get Pat on here, or I can get the guys from Rule Zero on here, um, I would be forever in your debt. Um, I'm going to try to figure out OBS here in a little while, and um, I got. In fact, I have to. If I'm going to do solo stuff, I mean, this is fine for solo right now, but. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to get in a uh, dig deep into OBS or, um, uh, Wirecast or one of these other programs. So, um, yeah, I know. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. And a solo rollo is the best rollo. Um, well, I, I like having Pat on here and I know I, in fact, I, I should probably answer that question too. Cause I got a lot, of, a lot of guys in the comments who will say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're really good on your own. i well, yeah, I am. But Pat, brings out the best in me. I think he, he knows the questions to ask. Pat's been doing his, I'm going to, I'm going to give some praise to Pat here. Okay. Pat's been doing what he's been doing for a very long time. Now he has his own terrestrial radio show. He's a professional at this. This is his job to do this. This is not my job. I'm a writer. As far as Roald Tomasi is concerned, I'm a writer. Um, I'm doing this because I feel like I need to, and I need to have that engagement, but I like to have uh, and and anybody who's heard me speak before, I like to have a forum environment. I came from a forum environment. I used to be the moder- I'm a moderator on the SoSwab forums way back in the day. Um, yes, I write my blogs, but I'm really more about the engagement when it comes to what people think about what it is that I'm writing because that helps me refine ideas. And I think that's really one of the best um, advantages of having Pat as my partner here, um, because he knows the questions to ask. He's not, he's, he's red pill, but he's just coming to, he's still looking at this with some pretty fresh eyes. And you know, he's, he's given my book to his sons, um, some friends, I guess some people that he knows, he's uh, said that there's some guys who've read my book who said that it saved their lives. I'm glad for that, but like he sees that. And so, because he know, because he sees this like life-saving work going on, he knows the questions to ask me and then to draw out the stuff. Like I can sit here and I can talk to you all day long about hypergamy and pre-selection and one itis and all this other stuff. I can do that all day long. Okay. But what I can't do is I can't anticipate the questions that like like Pat can draw can draw out of me. He's a, he's a he's a practiced professional consummate interviewer. He's good at it. And so that's why I like, that's why I like working with Pat and I will continue to work with Pat as long as he is willing to work with me because I like Pat. Um, Let's see, what else do we got here? Uh, Anybody else? Uh, Yeah, Pat is cool. Pat is very cool. Men are being weeded out of the sexual marketplace, Are covert harems are making a comeback um well here's something that i haven't talked about in a while uh covert harems covert harems yes they are but they're coming they're becoming harems because women want to be in harems and that's going to sound outrageous to women who are going to listen to this but women want to be in harems right now uh they want to be uh I don't want to say a soft harem, but w- women are leaning more towards polyandry right now. And if you've read my my post called The New Polyandry, you'll understand why I'm talking about this. Um, we are leaning away from a uh, monogamous uh, society. or uh, In Western culture, we're leaning away from monogamy and we're leaning more towards polyandry. And uh, we, people are talking a lot more is trying to normalize the idea of a poly relationship. The reason that we're trying to normalize poly is because we're leaning towards polyandry right now because women would rather share a successful alpha than be saddled with a faithful beta. And the more we satisfy women's security needs, their long-term security needs, the more we say you're entitled to a baby uh, the more we look at uh, out of out of uh, out of wedlock children you know uh, births are at 40 43 percent I think right now and that's just going that and it's just going up. Why is that? Well, because we've, we've, we've eliminated the need for men provisioning. When we talk about strong, independent women, we're talking about independent from men. Well, why, why would they be dependent in the first place? Well, they're dependent for, for their well-being. They're dependent for money. They're dependent for children. They're, de- they're dependent on an emotional investment. They're dependent on a lot of things, but all, of, all that dependency that women want to be independent of all leans over into the security side of hypergamy, which is the beta buck side, the provisioning side. When Once you accommodate for provisioning, what's left? Just the alpha side, right? The alpha, The alpha sex side, the short-term sex, the alpha breeding need is the only thing that's left. And so women don't have to get with the 80% of beta guys that they used to have to get under the old social contract because they don't they are independent of those men for their well-being for their children's well-being for even having kids they can go down to the sperm bank and have a child if they if they so they can elect to be become pregnant and they know that they'll be taken care of through the state or uh, directly or indirectly through through men okay so so as that becomes more and more reinforced in society why Why do women need men at all? They're independent of men, right? Why do they even want men at all? Well, who are the men that they want? They want the men who are hot, that they can have fun and have sex with. And those are the guys that are, who, who scratch an itch that nobody else can. They've already got, they've already had the beta side of hypergamy taken care of. So they look more towards the alpha side of the spectrum. They want the guys who, and those guys come in limited supply. So if we go by the Pareto Pareto principle, you've got, 20% let's just, and this is this is conservative here 20% of guys are that alpha guy that women get aroused by and want to have sex with if you look at the stats for um ok cupid and Dataclysm, women rate most men 85% of men as unattractive not average unattractive they are unattractive men men that they would not want to want to become intimate with if they see them like on a dating profile this is, in, uh, this is on it's on um was dataclysm was okay, Cupid. So that, that's okay, Cupid stats. So let's just use that. If we use that as our benchmark, and, and just conservatively, we say 20% of men are the, are the men that women want to have sex with. So that means 100% of people get these stats wrong. So I'm just going to throw these out there real quick. 100% of women want to have sex with 20% the 20% of guys the higher the 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 top shelf guys the t- top 20th percentile of guys is who they're directing their attention at not the 80% of guys and so it doesn't matter as much if you have um if you have the job and if you you can provide and you're a good provider and maybe you're like struggling against a deficit like you don't look like those guys you're not the alpha guy the lover that they're that they're fantasizing about in the movies you are a good dude and you're not bad looking, but you're not that. And you have a lot of other things going for you. Well, if all those other things that you have going for you are things that she has already that are already satisfied and and secure and more or less taken care of for her on her, on the beta provisioning side, you're out of the, you're out of the loop. You're out of the game. You're, you're, you're disqualified because she, she can get that from the state. She can get, she can even get that from you. if, If she locks you down as a, as a, as a, you know, a father or something like that. But she can already, she can get that. So what is she going to focus on? She's going to focus on the top alpha men to have sex with. Well, those guys are in short, short supply. So we look and we say, okay, well, what, what is, what is the, the human dynamic going on here? What is the, the, I say the female nature here. Women will share a successful, hot, fun alpha rather than be saddled with a faithful beta. And especially now because they don't need that. They don't need to be dependent financially, emotionally, whatever, on a guy who's not worth their time. They'll, they'll be happy to invest emotionally in a guy who's hot. And so what that does is it creates a, a form, a new form of, of a harem, right? So you've got a guy who's like in that top 20th percentile. And he's not, maybe he doesn't want to do that, but he's put into a position of being desired by many women and as a result, he can either stick with one woman or he can enjoy the, the attentions of many women. And women are willing to do. They find that women are willing to do that. So why not? Why not have a soft harem? It's not him that's initiating the harem. It's women who are initiating the harem because he is uh, one of the, in the top 20th percentile. So now you move towards a new form of polyandry. And to do that, and to make that the norm, we have to start throwing things out there like, the poly lifestyle. And we have to turn, we have to create new mating strategies that, that center on the idea that polyandry is going to be the new normal. And so you get poly, you get, um, you get women who are, they don't want to get married, but they're happy to focus in, or, or you, you get women who don't have children on, or if they have children at all, you get women who postpone later and later and later in life, um, Having kids, settling down, finding a guy to to—they don't want to settle. Like there, there's there's books that say, "Oh, you should settle, find Mister Good Enough." But then there's you have the other books that say, "Never do that, never settle." You have religious women in religious men in, in evangelical Christian ministries, who are fifty some odd year. I was reading this on of course in their in their mid fifties, who are just now getting married because they had gone through exactly what I was saying. They didn't need no man. They literally don't need no man. They just want the they they need the best. They want the 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 husband, the little old husband that that God had preordained for them. Well, that's just a cop out, man. It's just as simply that they they no guy wanted to have anything to do with them, or no guy was good enough for for that for that you know that Christian women's ministry pastoress, who is that word, (laughs) Um, who is telling other girls or telling other women in the church. Don't settle for good enough. Settle for the guy that God has for you. Well, you know, who is that guy? It's not the guy that can provide and be the great, you know, who can satisfy long-term security. It's the guy who looks like Chris Hemsworth. I'm just, I keep using him as an example, but you you know what I'm saying. As far as the guy who's the upper 20th percentile, the apex, the alpha, uh, the alpha that, for lack of a better term, the alpha that women would want to have sex with, would want to have an exciting, fun relationship with. So yes, um, are we leaning more towards a uh, to, towards harems? Yes, we are, but it's because women are creating and putting themselves into harems, but they're putting themselves into soft harems. No woman's going to say, "Oh yeah, I really want to share share this one guy," and I, I and I know that there are there's examples of this. You can find women who will share a guy, but they that's few and far between. Most of the time, when you look at Polly. Poly couples, it's usually like two or three really low, low SMV betas who are, uh, for you know, for for all intents and purposes, they are the beta orbiters who this woman says, "Yeah, I'll have sex with you occasionally." And so they're all trying to plea. They they have such a an intense desire to serve the feminine imperative that they're willing to tolerate the other guy in the house because they want to prove their worth to milady. And they think that they're living some sort of you know new progressive like lifestyle, and really all it is is a mating strategy because no one else would have them, so that is the best option for them. Like right, what I say, I say this all the time. I say that guys who who have a quote unquote preference or a a fetish, they came to that fetish because of necessity. Like, so if you got a guy who's like, oh, I'm really into fat chicks, mm, yeah, because a, a fat chick was the only one that would have sex with you in the past and it's been sexually successful for you in the past. So you return to what was successful for you. And then that becomes a preference because it's easier. I like, uh, I like MILFs. I like, I like uh, single mommies. Yeah, because they're easier to get with because they're, they're the barrier to entry is much lower than a, if you were trying to go run game on a 22 year old you know, swimsuit model. Uh, I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm sure you have a preference for that. But let's let's be honest with what that preference is all about. Um, so yes, harems are a thing. I, I really see, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because I've been wanting to talk about polyandry for a while. Um, okay, uh, we're getting, it's, it's four o'clock here on the West Coast. So I think it might be time for me to call this. Um, let's see anybody else gosh I, you know I don't I, I, I feel bad because I'm not seeing i I'm not seeing Sam in here sorry Sam uh Sam by the way Sam Bata is the guy who does the voice work for me on my books. Uh, he is go- he is in th- uh, in physical therapy right now. I think he's doing ozone treatment here, actually in Nevada. He's not too far. I think I'm going to probably go visit him this week. Um, I re- uh, he might even end up moving here. I think that would be kind of cool. I I never in my life thought I would have access to Sam so close. <laughs> uh, ben Brand Brandon Brown, thanks, man. Uh, only been practicing Red Pill for two weeks. Why it feel like I'm built for this? <laughs> because you are uh only only read first couple of chapters of the rational mail but been watching you and donovan 24 7 oh good uh learn what you can take what you need pass it on pass on what you learn um it's interesting i've I've had you're not the first person to tell me that i say like i i feel like uh, the um i feel like the red pill is like natural it's something that uh, that i was i was born to do well in a sense you are because it took the socialization of the blue pill and a feminine primary society to sort of like beat out the the alpha in you to make you i i i tend to look at i know this is this is dependent on 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 a lot of biology as well but i look i tend to look at guys who are or or kids I i tend to look at like like boys as being sort of naturally alpha they come out of the womb and they just they want to run around and want to throw rocks and they want to uh you know they want to climb walls and they want to you know prove themselves and compete and, and run faster than the next guy and 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 they tend to have sort of that that's why we call them you know rambunctious boys and it seems like b- boys have a i'm not saying all boys are like this i mean obviously there's boys that are just a little bit more introverted, but. um there's that sense of wonderment. Like we, what uh, Stephen Pinker says that women are, are more concerned with uh, people and men are more concerned with things. And so when guys come out of the womb, little boys come out of the womb, they're more, in cons- they, they want to affect their world, their will on the world. They want to, to, to like, what, if I throw a rock, what's going to happen when I throw this rock? Or um, you know, if I, if I do something, if I, if I hang from the monkey bars, what's, what, what's that going to do? There's that sense of wonderment. And I think that after a while, once you get to be about five years old and then the, the village sort of gets a hold of these guys or these kids. It takes, remember this, it takes a nation and it takes a, a, a social order to crush out that uh, that natural alpha instinct in boys to instill that much more female feminine uh, sensibilities. So all of that risk that boys are naturally willing to take, all that goes out the window and it becomes, play it safe. It becomes, you know, walk on the safe side of the sidewalk. Uh, or, or you'll skin your, don't shoot the BB gun, you'll poke your eye out, kid, that kind of stuff. It, it and And when you have nothing but a female, gestalt female teacher for the rest of you know for most of your acculturation your socialization your upbringing um you can't help but but have that affect you in some way um i look at i look at i'm I'm writing a, a post about this as well i look at what i did um in the blank slate i i tend to look at human beings as sort of like the hardware is our bodies it's what we're born with it's how our brains are wired Um, all that of course is evolution it's it's the way that we as men and women is as how we're put together. how we're put together what's the hardware then there's the firmware which is what are we born with what are our natural proclivities that we're born with as men and women and for for boys for men there's that natural alpha proclivity to want to enforce your will on the world or, or to to be more concerned with things. There's there's aspects of us that are inborn and innate, and they're very easily provable. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm reading The Blank Slate by Stephen Pinker right now. Um, and then there is your software, and your software is your socialization, your family, your religion, um, your education, that kind of stuff. And, of course, that education or that learning can override all of that stuff, and it's not always for the better. Sometimes it is. Sometimes if you learn to go against your instincts, it might save your life. And in other times, if you don't listen to your instincts, you you can die if you don't listen to those instincts. Um, so you don't want things, you, that's, that's the thing about the software side of things, the learning side of things is you have to judge what is beneficial for your life and what is not beneficial for your life. Um, and that's kind of hard to do because the software that, that overrides all of that is also the software that convinces you of a lot of ideas that aren't necessarily true, and that you might have to unlearn. You might have to deprogram yourself. Really, when you when you think about it, like unplugging from the matrix or like going from red pill to blue pill, is really more about uh, uh, reprogramming yourself or un- you know, unlearning or deprogram, debugging yourself, I guess. Uh, one last one here, and then I'm going to go. Davi Furtado says, my wife's boyfriend doesn't allow me to watch Rolo Tomasi. What can I do? Just kidding. Thanks for the content, Rolo. I'll see, see how you are. All right. All right, guys. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, this is sort of an impromptu thing. Once again, um, the the regular show will be back i gotta figure this shit out man i'm i'm profusely sorry for not having this already figured out but like yesterday everything was fine and i did everything according to uh to the hangouts and like i've always done for gosh two years now and now they've decided to change this up so i'm gonna figure this out yeah my promise i will figure this damn thing out and um as soon as i do uh pat and i will will do the show uh you'll you will know because if you're already um subscribed to this great um and uh you'll get the notice for it as well i hope you guys like this um i'm I'm gonna do some some just to give you a a few announcements here before i go um i'm gonna be doing some solo videos but they're gonna be recorded uh i've got a i've got a new video set up i've got the the tripod the new tripod here and i've got a 4k camera a video camera that i'm going to be using um to film myself in various locations um i've decided where i want to go like the guys are saying that i needed to go in, like because in my in my garage at my at my home uh, that's where I keep all my music gear, and I have my amps and stuff. And they're like, "Well, oh, you should just go sit down and have a guitar." So I'm like, "I'm not going to play guitar for everybody, but I might go. I might use that as one location. I'm trying to tr- to find some really fun locations um, because I don't want the location to be too distracting. I live right here by by Lake Tahoe, so I could go up there. But Lake Tahoe is beautiful, and I want you guys to listen to the message too. So if you think that's a good idea, let let's, let's uh, here's let's let's do a question. They always say you should do a question for the comments. So here's a question give me an idea of where you would like to see me do a video about basics, about like hypergamy, about the red pill stuff, about, um, one, item. well, with all the stuff that I've been talking about right now, I I was planning on doing some reading of, uh, some of my basic stuff that's in the book, but I kind of want to give you guys, and it'll be free. I'm not going to, it's not going to be a membership or anything like that. Um, I want to give you guys, um, I don't want to call it remedial because I not really remedial. I want to give you some of the basics the foundational stuff so that when people say well, what does Rollo mean when he says spinning plates, I want to give you this video so that you can you can check this out and you understand exactly what I'm talking about when I say that or the nine iron rules or whatever else. Um, So if if you have some ideas where you think I should go, um, I live in the Reno area, Reno, Nevada area. I also I'm close to Truckee. I'm close to uh, Lake Tahoe. Uh, in the northern Nevada area, uh, maybe I should go out into, maybe I should go out into the northern Nevada desert <laughs> and look where all the mob hits are <laughs> out there. Um, I would love to go do something like that. That might be fun, um, or I can just simply do them in the studio as well. Um, give me an idea if if, if you if you want to uh, to do that. And also, if they're at the Bunny Ranch, yeah, I could. I, I could do that. It's actually right up in Dayton, or it's uh, in Mount House, the Bunny Ranch, and the Mustang Ranch are up there. I wouldn't go in. I could do it in front of it. Um. So, anyways, um, let me know what you thought of all this. Uh, I promise. I promise. And Pat, I am so. I. I gotta. I can't stress this enough. I'm so sorry. I did not know that this was going to happen this way. So, um, I will figure out. Um, Obs. I will figure this shit out, and we will come back better. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I will see you guys later.